We are continuing Emir Hashem in Perek Dalid, the fourth chapter of Mesilas Yisharim. And Emir Hashem, what we're actually going to do is do two shiurim in this one shir, Tuesday's portion, which was the second day of Yom Tiv, the 16th of Tishrei, October 11th, and then Wednesday's portion, today's portion as well, October 12th, the 17th day of Tishrei. So let's begin first with Tuesday's portion of Mesilas Yisharim, the Hine. So remember again, the Ramchal described three different groupings of people. There's what he called the Shlemi Hadas, which are the people who are much more focused on completion, a sense of life fulfillment, those on a lower level, and then the third level. So we're up to the third level, the lowest level. This third category of people, they say, why do we have to get so involved and spend so much time focusing on establishing these levels of personal piety? This is incredible. He says, some people feel, you know what, as long as I'm not going to Gehenim, that's the most important thing. I'm not going to Gehenim. Okay, mission accomplished. I don't need to push myself to get into Gan Eden, right? In other words, for me, I'm a simple guy. As long as I'm not going to Gehenim, that's good enough. And again, even Olam Haba, if I don't have a big portion, I have a small portion. And because, essentially, a person says, I'm spiritual low maintenance. Spiritual low maintenance. I don't need the biggest portion in the world to come. I don't need the most beautiful Gan Eden. What I simply need is not to go to Gehenim. So as long as I'm not going to Gehenim, we're good to go. We're good to go. Why do I have to push myself in this world for some greater spiritual accomplishment? Amnam. She'ela achot nishalehem. So the Ramchal said, if I were to talk to these people, I would ask them one question. Says something amazing. Tell me, I would ask one of these people, tell me, how do you feel when someone who you know, a peer, or maybe even someone who you feel is on a lower level than you, accomplishes more than you do, acquires something more than you? How do you feel when, when your friend purchases that car that's so much nicer than yours, that house that's so much nicer than yours. Or maybe there's a rags to riches story, someone maybe who didn't even work as hard as you work, and yet you see them encounter so much incredible and dramatic, beautiful accomplishment. How, how does that make you feel? Doesn't it make your blood boil a little bit? Doesn't it make you, doesn't it make you jealous? So the Maramchal says, human nature is, when we see other people have more than us, we're jealous. We're jealous. That's the way. By the way, the proof to this is, if it weren't the natural course of events, the Torah would not need to give me a, a prohibition of losachbo, not to covet. The fact that the Torah says not to covet indicates to me that it's natural and normal to covet that which someone else has. So therefore, by definition, I see someone else have more than me, accomplish more than me, grow more than me earn more than me, own more than me, I'm jealous. 
So this is incredible. So Michal says, it's normal. You see someone else accomplish more than you. Sometimes, again, a person could suffer. I see someone who I know, I work harder than him. I'm smarter than him. Maybe I feel like I'm even better than him. And yet he has so much more than me. The fact that he has more than me, it, it gives me pain. And Ramchal, this is such an incredible piece. Ramchal is being so real about this. He says, Me'ata. So Ramchal says, if this is how you feel when someone else enjoys material accomplishment, right? Someone else gets more covered than you in this world. And those things are fleeting, temporal, and totally meaningless. So this is incredible. Ramchal says, so if you experience this sense of jealousy in this world, which is so temporal, so fleeting, do you not think that in the world to come, when you see what you could have had, when you see what you could have accomplished, had you pushed yourself a little bit more, and then you see others who did push themselves. You see others who did work hard. You see others who did put in the effort. And you see that for eternity, they're reaping the benefits of their labor. Are you not going to be jealous? Are you not going to be jealous? He says, Now, even though here in this world, you may not recognize the value of the world to come, Therefore, again, it doesn't bother me if someone else has a bigger portion of Olam Habo, when the time comes after 120, and I am in the Olam Ha'emes, Ultimately, see, I, I want to point out what Ramchal is saying over here. Ramchal is trying to speak to a certain segment of the population. So this is what he calls, this is this third grouping. And in this third grouping, these people say to themselves, like, I don't need the biggest portion in the world to come. I don't need a mansion in Olam Haba, right, so to speak. I'm happy with an apartment. I could even be a shared apartment, right? I'm happy, in, you know, just uh, to rent a room. I don't even need a whole apartment. What's the big deal? And people say, people justify, I don't need to push myself so much in this world because the truth is when it comes to Olam Haba, like I said before, I'm a low-maintenance guy. Dramchal says, really? Is that, is, is that true you're a low-maintenance guy? So tell me, how do you feel when your friend has more than you? How do you feel when your neighbor purchases something new? How do you feel when someone else is, is, is on top and you're on the bottom? How do you feel? Dramchal says, if you're honest, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. So Dramchal is playing, is playing to these base sensitivities. If you're jealous about things in a world that is temporal and fleeting, then how are you going to feel when you get to the Olama Amis, the world to come, which is eternal, which is ongoing? And you see, you see, he's, he's framing it here as, and you see someone who has more than you. You see someone who has more than you. And for a little bit of extra effort, or even for a lot of extra effort, you could have had as much as that individual. For a little bit extra, you could have pushed yourself, you could have more, you're going to kick yourself. And by the time you're ready to kick yourself, it's too late. Because once you get to the Olama MS, that's it. There's no going back. You can't get a redo, right? You can't go back. Oh, now I'll put in more work. What you have is what you have for all eternity. And that's Sarah, right? That Sar is Nitzchi. Hari Lucha. Sheina Savlanos Hazashahim Dorshum Yatzmala Hakamem Chomravoda. Ela Pitui Kozev Shemefati Yitzremo Sum Fulodavra Mitiklal. 
So when you try to justify to yourself, oh, I'm low maintenance, I'm low maintenance, I don't need to work so hard. That's not logic, right? That's not a good argument. That's the Yitzhahara. That's the Yitzhahara trying to undermine and derail your dynamic life activity. Now, I want to point out that according to the Ramchal, according to the Ramchal, you know, he's framing this as being jealous of someone else. But the truth is, even if you want to remove this from the realm of jealousy, his, his idea is so profound. Because what Ramchal is highlighting over here is when we get to the Olama MS and get to the world to come after 120, and we do see, forget about comparing yourself to someone else, but I do see that for a little bit of extra effort, I could have accomplished so much more. A little bit of extra effort could have gone so far. Push myself a little bit more. Learn a little extra. Dive a little harder. Give a little more stuff. Do a bit more chesed. And if I would have pushed myself just a little more in these different areas of life, how different my life would have been. The Ramchal goes on. This is now Wednesday's Shir. Wednesday, the 17th of Tishrei, October 12th. Ukvar, lo hayu makum lepito lahem lule hayu ruam amidas ha'inyan. Afalifi she'im evakshim also. So this is a very overwhelming paragraph. The Ramchal writes, the truth is, pitui, pitui literally means like seduction. This third category of people, they seduce themselves into this sense of mediocrity. They allow themselves to convince themselves Right, just like uh, right, I, I convince myself. I convince myself that spiritual mediocrity is okay. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? And that's because says Ramchal. The reason that I could seduce myself into mediocrity is because once again, remember, I don't see life for what it is, and I don't see truth for what it is, and therefore, again, as a result, as a result that because I never remove myself from this spiritual seduction, right? I never, I never go ahead and remove myself, I should say, from this seduction into mediocrity, I lose out on an entire life. And the problem is sometimes we only wake up, right? We only shake ourselves out of this seduction into mediocrity once it's too late. As Eshlama HaMelech writes, there is no cheshbon v'das v'chachma. There's no calculation and there's no wisdom in the grave. In other words, once I get, once I leave this world and I come to the Olama MS, so suddenly again everything becomes clear. That's great. But now it's too late to do anything with that life clarity. V'hainu, ki ma she'ena adam osa ad she'akach masra b'yad moro so such a profound statement. The Ramchal writes, The greatest gift Hashem has given us is the gift of free choice. But here's the catch. The gift of free choice can only be used in this world. It cannot be used in the grave. So there is this incredible like anomaly. The greatest clarity of life I have is when life is over and I come to the world to come. So suddenly now I have all of this clarity, but I can't do anything with it. The goal is ultimately to try to reach that level of clarity while living in this world. Because now that I have the clarity in this world, now I can use my Bechira. Now I can use my free choice, my free will to do something with it. Because in the grave, right, in the world to come, there's no longer Bechir Chavshis, there's no more free will. 
If you do not use your free will in this world to do good, you no longer have the ability to use it in the afterlife. And therefore, again, if I didn't live a life of zihiros, and I didn't think about my actions before I did them, and I didn't lead a, lead a contemplative or introspective life, by the time I get to the world to come and now, oh, beautiful clarity, too late. If I did not exercise my wisdom in this world, I will not be able to exercise my wisdom in the grave. Shlomelech says again, there is no good, there are no good deeds, there is no cheshpan calculations, there is no wisdom, there is no understanding in the grave that you are going to. And again, Tremchal doesn't mean this to be a downer. Oh, there's no wisdom, there's no free choice in the grave. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. So the, the incredible news is, I have 120 years of free choice here in this world. And if I get my act together and use it well, I could accomplish something incredible. But the day is going to come where I'm no longer in this world. And I'll come up, my neshama will ascend on high, will ascend to the Olam Ames, and I'll have complete luminescent clarity, and I can't do anything with it. The goal is, use that Bechira in this world. Therefore says the Rabchal, the point, the point that I want to make to the general population, the regular hoi polay, the regular guy, as in one more. So remember again, speaking to this like third group, third group who are willing to be seduced into spiritual mediocrity. Remember again, so the first point that Ramchal made with them is, you're so jealous of your friends in this world, can you imagine how jealous you're going to be in the world to come when you see just for a little bit more effort how successful you could have been. Now, says Ramchal, there's another piece over here. What about reward and punishment? There's cheshpin, right? There is reward and punishment for everything we do in this world. There's din. After 120, there's din, there's judgment. And who amongst us will be able to stand with their hand, their head held high on the day of judgment? Who will be able to withstand that judgment when that judgment is for everything big and small? Quotes over here, the Pasuk in Amos, that Hashem will tell a person what his conversation is. What does this mean? Even the most intimate of conversations between a man and his wife, are retold over by the heavenly tribunal at the time of judgment. So what Ramchal is bringing up in this last piece over here, it's aside from the jealousy component, there's judgment. And there's a complete accounting for how we live, for what we say, for how we say it, and for what we do. So lead a life of awareness. Lead a life of zero. Now the truth is, this is compelling no matter which category you find yourself in. But the idea that Ramchal is trying to highlight is we often live life thinking that there's no accountability. I'll act thinking with that there's no accountability. Nothing to worry about. Everything is fine. But there is accountability. And there's accountability for everything, for the biggest action and for the smallest word. There's accountability for everything. The Ramchal says, once I know this, how can I not live a life of Zihiros? Once I know this, how can I not be attentive to what I'm doing and how I'm doing it day in and day out? Now we're going to stop over here for today. 
I, I do just want to highlight with this that sometimes when when we when you know when we see gemaras like this, so often what ends up happening is like it gives the impression of a god who is looking to like trip us up. Ah, you're gonna get up to Shemaim after 120, and he's gonna tell you even the most intimate conversations you've had. And you hear this like, "Oivavoy, what am I gonna do with this?" So remember, it's important to understand that we have a Hakadosh Baruch Hu who loves us, and even a God who's God who judges us. But it's the God who loves us, who ju- we're judged by someone who loves us enormously, more than we could ever imagine. And a God who wants us to be more successful than we even want success for ourselves. The idea is accountability. Right? I love you. I love you. So therefore, again, who says, I don't punish you for every single thing. I don't bring down the hammer for every single thing. Baruch says, I love you. And I give you plenty of leeway. But I want you to lead productive and responsible lives. And the way to lead a productive and responsible life is to recognize there's an accountability for everything. The same way, the same way, right, that a person has a bank account. And at the end of the day, if you go out and you spend recklessly and your checks bounce, there's accountability. Ah, but one second, I, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. So Bank of America tells you, I understand you didn't mean it, but there wasn't enough money in the bank. So if there's not enough money in the account, you can't write the checks. This has to be accountability. Klishparuch who just says, just live life with a sense of awareness. This is, all goes back to Zihirus. Live life with a sense of awareness. That awareness creates a sense of accountability, and accountability creates this heightened sense of mission and purpose in life. We'll stop over here for today. So now we're all caught up. Continue Emirates Shalom tomorrow with tomorrow's show. Wishing everyone a wonderful day and of course a good night.